0: Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society.
1: And it's with mixed emotions, a heavy heart for our
0: community and our hockey club but I guess with delight and sincere best wishes for Wayne Gretzky that I announce and I guess more important confirm that the Edmonton Oilers have agreed to trade Wayne Gretzky to Los Angeles.
2: Waldorf Astoria in New York uh, City in the Starlight Roof and Dave DeBuscher is here with the number one
0: pick in the draft and uh, you said you still, can you believe it? Oh, I tell you, when you got down to the last three uh, I couldn't look, I couldn't listen to the commissioner I was very nervous uh, it's it's just a wonderful thing uh, having the number one pick and uh, obviously I think everybody knows uh, who our number one pick is going to be and uh, we're very delighted it's I think
2: you knew too, show the, show what you got in your hand he has
0: number 33 all printed up well, here already you know. Patrick, there's confidence for you so you will make a call to you. Oh yeah, I'd like to speak to him. And, uh, uh,
1: it takes a little suspense out of who we're going to select, but... Uh, you, you can buy that, I okay. Buy All right, let's have Carl Shear come up here, because he has...
0: A right-hand shot. A right-hand shot on the chin. Walcott.
1: cannot move.
2: Greetings, Sushlings. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour and to the year of 2024 for the season nine finale. I'm Declassified Dave.
0: And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our sports equipment manager, Slick Frank Sanders.
1: Yeah, I see what you did there. You know, oddly enough, I stopped in the, uh, a sports shop today to browse. I was doing some browsing at a sports shop. Which one? Um, well I went to cutting edge and uh play it again sports, so I was trying to price out like snowboarding stuff. Oh, I thought you were handling go. balls. No, no, I've never been very good at ball sports. Didn't roll through dicks. No, because all the dicks around here, they're not even sports stores anymore. They're like they're clothing stores. Clothing,
0: yeah, yeah. Weird.
1: Yeah, they've morphed, huh? Hushlings, today we're delving into one of the most famous and unusual conspiracies of all time, and that is sports. If you ask any uh, middle-aged man at a Buffalo Wild Wings, was that ball deflated by, by the New York Patriots? You'll probably get them all sorts of riled up. This is for a very specific crowd, but to that crowd, this is everything.
0: Yes, yes. But before we do some Adderall and shoot steroids into our buttocks... Just want to remind you, as always, of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
2: Don't forget to check out the one-stop shop for the Hush Hush Society, www.hushhushsociety.com, where you can find all of our episodes and other links, blogs, and all that good stuff.
1: Also, feel free to swing by our Rockfin channel where you can watch our video debriefings and uh, episodes of the Declassified Discussions where you can have a little bit of a more intimate experience with us and our guests.
0: Hushlings, before we get started here, a piece of important information that we want to let you know about, and uh, it's regarding the show moving forward. Uh, We are taking a little hiatus between the end of this season and the start of season 10. We have talked it over. We don't really have a time frame. I'm not saying that we'll be back in a year or anything like that, but it will be a little bit of time. We have personal things going on in our lives. We are people, despite what you may think. We, uh, we do have families, and we have jobs, and we have uh, a lot of other personal stuff that needs to be taken care of, and if we can't take care of that, when the, then we can't take care of the show, and we want to put out the best show that we can for you, and if we don't have the time, or the means, or the attention to do that, then we are not giving you our all, and that is not fair to you or us. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's going to be a little bit, um, but we will be back.
2: It will be worth it, completely worth it, because we'll be back. Things will be taken care of in each of our own existence, and uh, we'll have our attention back to be able to, like Mike said, give the best show we can, and season ten's a big one, so we
1: might as well come back swinging, you know? I'll be getting disc golf uh, frisbees implanted in my spine instead of discs that's
0: nice. where I'll be. Nice. That's very sportsy of you.
1: Yeah, you like that? Does that mean you'll be able to fly through the air? Frisbee golf is the... Uh, dude, I don't know. I don't get it. No. I won't be able to fly. No. I'll be able to tumble into trees. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh...
2: Boys, what's your, uh... What's your favorite sport? Mike, I know your favorite sports teams.
0: Yeah. Uh... You know, it's it's tough. I I am very partial to baseball because it's what I grew up on a lot, especially with my father, uh, New York Mets. On uh, Yeah, I know. People are going to give me shit for that. But, yeah, that's my, that's my baseball team. I would say a very close second is obviously hockey. And uh, I am a Bruins fan, and all you Canadians can, uh, you know, give me shit for that also. Ah,
2: being a Bruins fan is a fun existence. Isn't it like the most annoying fan base in the NHL voted or something like that? Or is that the Canadians or the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs fans?
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the Maple Leafs are pretty fucking bad. I think they're the most hated team. Uh, rightfully so. They're terrible. Yeah. There you
2: go. All our fans in Toronto are like,
0: fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this show. I'm never listening again.
2: I like hockey, baseball. You know, like the extreme sports. Too bad we don't talk about that. Was the 900 rigged? Was Tony Hawk on a wire?
0: Oh, he totally was. Totally. No, he was not. No.
1: <laughs> no, People have done it since.
0: They're on wires, too. No, don't say that. It's physically, it's physically impossible it. to spin that many times on a skateboard.
2: Yep, yeah. It's Just like a Hollywood little line right on the hip. It's Spun him around. CGI. That's what it was, yeah.
0: Maybe that's why Tony Hawk is so close with NASA. Huh. Ooh. No, he's not. <laughs> Can't do a 900 on a flat Earth. Oh, man, oh, that God. could have been a
2: perfect created
1: conspiracy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Shit. Beautiful. Well, what about you, Frank? Um, most of the uh, bigger sports, talking hockey, baseball, football, I don't necessarily have a team. Uh, if I'm you know, out to dinner or having a drink at a bar or something and it's on the TV, I'll watch it and I can follow along. I know how the sports work, but I don't necessarily keep up season to season for any of them uh yeah much more into the extreme sports the downhill mountain biking the skateboarding all of that gnarly
0: sounds yeah. real commie of you you know what mountain biking yeah real communist of you yeah totally i don't know all right hushlings let's say we get into it let's get into our 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 most our favorite sport uh, football how about the nfl let's get into it you know i personally think that the uh that the nfl season is the most annoying time of the year i am a not a fan of football all that much and uh b i think football fans are um the sports cosplayers of, of the sports world so anyways uh, have you guys ever heard of the Super Bowl logo conspiracy theory? Hmm? You guys heard of that? Heard anything about that? I have no negative. A little bit negative. Fill me in. Well, thanks to something that our boy Aaron Rodgers. What a what a real VIP, real MVP. Didn't he like there.
1: murder his wife or something?
0: Aaron Rodgers? No, he's just a super conspiracy theorist. I I enjoy all. of He his. didn't
1: get the vaccine.
0: No, he was totally
2: against it. Yep, yeah, got booted.
0: He pointed out that the conspiracies pertaining to the NFL has even more ammunition. Rogers dismissed the notion that the NFL has been hinting at the Super Bowl teams with the logos in recent years. So they're they're not only scripting it, but they're they're putting it in your face, man. He's
2: quoted as saying if the Super Bowl is Baltimore and San Francisco, then I'll tell you what Super Bowl what is that number? thirty. Or is that 40?
0: 39.
2: 39?
0: Yep.
2: He's quoted, if the Super Bowl is Baltimore and San Francisco, then I'll tell you what, that Super Bowl 39 Evelyn better have Jet Green on it. Just look at the colors. Look at the colors, said Rogers. So he's but 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 San Francisco um and Baltimore don't have don't have green. Was he just being a biased Jets quarterback when he said that?
0: Yeah, that that quote is a little uh, little weird. It would make sense if you were like, okay, well, uh, you know, uh, gold, red, and gold and purple was on the Super Bowl emblem, but him saying jet green on it, I don't know.
2: Did the Jets win the Super Bowl in thirty eight? I don't know. I don't follow football. <sighs>
0: Jets Super Bowl. Let's see. Doing a quick, quick search for you boys. All right, let's see. Thirty-nine. So that's L. Oh no, that hasn't even. I don't happened. even
2: think that's. I don't even think that's the right, the that's right the number because Super Bowl thirty-nine is three X's of E and th- a three. Hold on a second.
0: L. Are we in the forties? Is is L a forty?
2: Yeah. Or is yeah. It a Fifty. Might be fifty.
0: Are we in the fifties?
2: Super shit. February 9th, twenty
0: twenty-five. I mean, and either way, he's saying he's saying the upcoming. Yeah, the one that, that happens. He had in said 2025.
2: this recently. Weird. Um. Okay, so I, I stand corrected. It wasn't Super Bowl thirty-eight, but Super Bowl 50? fifty, fifty-one,
0: forty-nine. The the X is a ten, and then if you have yeah. a one before it, that's a nine.
2: So what's L forty
0: nine? Is it fifty nine? I think so.
2: These guys are like, wow, yeah, they're definitely not NFL fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, n- whatever, whatever. Well, moving on. His quote Rogers. is funny
1: because he's like, "Look
0: at the colors, man! Look at the colors. It should be Wonder green." <laughs> fucked up.
1: It's all those DMT trips. It's weird that they even use Roman numerals, like, to number out the Super Bowls. Well, it's so like weird. the
0: gladiatorial games, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the field. The Coliseum. Give yeah, them bread and less, games.
1: Less blood and tigers. So.
0: They should play the Super Bowl with tigers in the arena. Yeah, or like... Maybe, maybe not even multiple, back. just like one. Like one, one tiger really would be funny. wild animal. They'd probably make way more money. The first yeah. half is just like a, a troop of, of chimps.
1: Dude... <laughs> The colors in the logo have matched the main colors of the AFC and NFC champions in each of the last two Super Bowls. The 56th Super Bowl was orange and yellow, and the Los Angeles Rams won the game against the Cincinnati Bengals to end the season. Well, if that's 56, is 57. The 57th Super Bowl logo featured green and red a year later. In that game, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, is this a coincidence? Probably not.
2: Oh, Ooh. so he's saying that they put both the contenders low. Yeah, mm. yeah that's they're what they're colors. saying. So that's they the match up the predictive programming that it's going to be these two teams probably, the likelihood right. or what's scripted. Yeah. So is it WWE or is it the NFL?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's both. Um, there was a a, a pretty good clip from this past week of like uh. A defender, instead of going, I forget what game it was, but the uh, the defender goes after uh, just a random defenseman instead of going after the guy with the ball and like clears an entire lane for him to run like 40 yards. They're like, oh, it's so blatant. Look at it. It's pretty fucking scripted. I have no doubt of that. Uh, one of the biggest conspiracies of all of the major leagues, of all facets of profi- of professional sports, is if the NFL manipulated Super Bowl three in 1969 in preparation for a league merger. That was a big one. And in
2: 1969, it was the final year before the AFL and NFL merger, like we just said. The Colts were one of the three NFL teams that moved to a newly formed American Football Conference, or the AFC, along with the Jets and other AFL teams as part of the merger.
1: The Jets and the Colts became AFC East Divisional Rivals until the 2002 realignment shifted the Colts, who had relocated to Indianapolis in 1984. To the new AFC South, the teams would not meet in the playoffs until the 2002 season.
0: Due to being in the same conference, a Super Bowl rematch is no longer possible, unless the NFL radically changes its conference alignment and or its playoff structure. Never see the Jets and Colts play each other.
2: No, we weren't around, huh? Uh, The Jets haven't played in a Super Bowl since the merger, losing the AFC Championship game in 1982, 1998, 2009, and 2010 seasons. On the other hand, the Colts won the Super Bowl, in 1970 and after relocating to indianapolis they won the super bowl in 2006 and lost the super bowl in 2009 so they made a couple of appearances
1: However, teams representing Baltimore and New York have contested one Super Bowl since the merger—Super Bowl 35 between the Jets' crosstown rival, the Giants, and Baltimore's replacement team, which was the Ravens. With the latter contest being won by Baltimore.
0: I just had a random thought. When did a uh, Super Bowl halftime show start?
1: It's a good question. I don't know, but Creed definitely takes the cake. I don't know if you've seen that, but the Creed with halftime Super Bowl. Oh, dude, was that in Come Dallas? On. It doesn't get much better than that.
0: (laughs) Well, this was the first of three occasions in which a team from New York defeated one from Baltimore in postseason play during 1969. As the Knicks, the NBA Knicks, eliminated the Bullets in the NBA playoffs, and the Mets upset the heavily favored Orioles in the World Series. That's right, baby. Woo! It's the second to last time we won one.
2: Uh, Mike, to answer your question, <laughs> halftime shows started in nineteen sixty
0: seven. Oh wow! So they, they were pretty much there from the beginning. Interesting. I thought that was like a later thing.
1: This was also the this was also the last postseason victory for the Jets until they beat the Bengals in the nineteen eighty two to eighty three playoffs. What's going on
2: with like New York and surrounding <sighs> rival
1: teams? Uh, the Mafia. Good answer.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm at.
1: I don't think it gets any better than that. I think that, that's that got to be it. Could be a very big, big part of it.
2: In his 1983 autobiography, Colts lineman Bubba Smith alleged that the game had been rigged to allow the Jets to win, so the NFL-AFL merger would proceed smoothly. Smith died in 2011 and actually never offered any evidence to support his claims, and his charges were never corroborated by
1: anyone.
0: Ah, man. Mm, mm, Yeah, how did he die? How did he die? That's what I want to know. How did he die?
1: Did he get dropped out of a window? Yeah, yeah. No, the autopsy actually showed that he was stuffed with pigskins to um, Uh, represent old-school footballs. Yeah, Yeah. they they jammed them down his throat with a Uh, mop. Fucked. Yeah. 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 Looking look into the autopsy, uh, dude. Sounds him.
0: very natural. Yeah. His old coach John his old coach Don Shula, great name, flatly rejected them, accusing Smith of making them up to sensationalize his book, stating, quote, The way I recall that Super Bowl is that everyone missed everybody all day long, including Bubba. End quote. So they just played like shit. He, he sounds like a sore loser. That's what it is. Just it was say, rigged. Sore
2: loser.
0: <laughs> it was rigged. Oh, you know, uh, never mind. I, I wasn't making my tackles all game. And, you know, there was a girl throwing her titties at me in the fucking crowd. And I was distracted. Yeah. Excuses. <laughs> fucking excuses. Got what you deserved with those pig skins.
1: Jesus. Joe Namath's famous guarantee, he said, we're going to win Sunday, I guarantee it. And that was fulfilled when the New York Jets defeated the Colts 16-7 in Super Bowl three. But there have been rumblings that the Colts took a dive against the Jets since Broadway Joe trotted off the field, pointing number one to the sky. He was number one.
2: Can you imagine, just like, Taking the dive for the game and being like, "Hell
0: yeah,
2: I'm the one, man!" Like fingers in the air, finger guns at the crowd, Ba-cha! you know.
0: Well, imagine the payoff. True, true, true. Some those those guys, if they are taking the dive, they're making money too.
1: I wonder always... if back then they were actually getting paid like modern NFL players are. I honestly doubt it. Like, no I way. feel like back then. Back then it was like an actual sport and there was like sportsmanship and not saying that modern day football players don't train and practice and try to win. I just feel like there's more to the game than that in modern day. Back then, I mean, these guys, I'm sure they were making money, but not, not nearly like what they're making now.
0: Also, also they were playing like a really violent sport with like leather underwear on their head. Right. And just ramming into each other headfirst.
2: So even uh, still, it, it just sounds horrible when it happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but now it's like they have so many pads, and the 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 helmets are redesigned to be you know Bunch super safety and not not sissies, but definitely I would say less of a chance of getting permanently injured or fucking paralyzed. TBIs, you know, that's a big part of it, too.
2: Well, CTE was a big part of it. That's the reason why uh, Junior Seau shot himself in the stomach or the chest so he could donate his brain to science because he took too many fucking whacks to the head. The AFL's victory in Super Bowl III on January 12th, 1969, greatly aided the legitimacy of the NFL-AFL merger of 1970. And the fact that New York, a massive media market with a coverboy quarterback, mm-hmm, won the game, was icing on the cake. In retrospect, it could be argued that the Jets' victory over the Colts was a triumph worth billions and billions of dollars to the league.
0: Billions billions, and billions and billions. And billions. There's a quote that goes on to say, That Super Bowl game, which we lost by nine points, was the critical year for the AFL. The game just seemed odd to me. Everything was out of place. I tried to rationalize that our coach, Don Shula, got outcoached, but that wasn't the case. I don't know if any of my teammates were in on the fix. Yeah, everybody else was in on it except you. You were the only one, Bubba.
2: You think Bubba's
1: full of shit?
0: I think Bubba missed his fucking tackles.
1: Hmm. The Baltimore coach, Shula, who would later coach with the Miami Dolphins, may have had the most damning non-quote of all. Smith wrote in his autobiography, Kill Bubba, Kill, that he believed the fix was in at Super Bowl three. Shula's response was the classic husband-caught cheating reply, quote, I think it's too ridiculous for me to comment on, end quote. Really? That's what you're saying if you get caught? no is comment that, yeah is, is that what you said i saying? plead the
0: fifth <laughs> you cheating on me how dare <laughs> no you sitting in that's the bed. no that's comment just, that's, that's just that's too ridiculous. ridiculous you're being ridiculous. ridiculous right now I, I can't woman. even comment on it that's how you gaslight you're being ridiculous yeah. right now you're acting crazy you're um, literally in bed with her you're acting crazy right now
1: you know how crazy you look Before we move off of American football, I've got one more for you. Um, I'm not sure if I wrote a blog on the website about this or not back in the day. Um, But I know it was one of them that I planned on doing it. Uh, Again, I don't know if I did it or not. But have you heard of the Madden Curse?
0: Like the video game?
1: Like the video game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. -hmm. Right. So the Madden Curse essentially says that each player that ends up on the cover of the video game for the year, um, which typically they go for like the best of the best players. Like you're getting some real awesome player on the cover of Madden. And they're saying that if a player ends up on the cover of Madden, they're going to end up sustaining like some sort of crazy injury shortly afterwards. And that has held true, um, for 15 players out of 26 players who have ended up on the covers since 1999 and i'm not going to go through the whole entire list and obviously some injuries are worse worse than others but since 99 if you go down the list 2000 2001 2002 it's like every dude that's ended up on the cover ended up sustaining some sort of wild injury it might put them out for you know a game it might put them out for a whole season it might put them out for years
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. I mean, it is a high-injury sport, so what are the odds, you know? Yeah. And if you're a star player, you're involved in a lot of play. So it could just be dank. Could be. Could be. Maybe it's just EA Sports. Does that happen in any of the other games, like NHL or...
1: No, no. uh, FIFA? Definitely not, no. Nobody plays FIFA, Dave. You just pissed off a lot of FIFA players with that. <laughs> no fucks. The French play FIFA, Frankie. Uh, the oh, the French FIFA, play yeah. with dicks. That's what the oh, French Jesus. play with. Wow, they're
2: badass French people. Yeah. Well, speaking of something French, guys or French-ish, French Canadian-ish, ish, ish, uh, ish. Let's move on to the National Hockey League. My, own of my personal favorites. Now, uh, one of the biggest conspiracies of all time in the NHL is did the Edmonton Oilers trade Wayne Gretzky, the great one, to the LA Kings because it was just good for business and allowed Gretzky to play more time in the United States. Big money, big money. Now, the NHL made these headlines in both the U.S. and Canada on August 9th, 1988. Wayne Gretzky, arguably the NHL's greatest player in his time. We'll say, was traded to the Los Angeles Kings after leading the Edmonton Oilers to their fourth Stanley Cup in five seasons at the age of 27. What a fucking phenom!
0: How much pussy you think that dude was swimming in back then? A lot. In his 20s, playing for yeah. the fucking LA Kings. Shoo! Yeah, you
2: know, like for the real. Tony Hawk of the NHL. Man, he's like that guy
0: that like you just you just wanted him to win. You wanted him to be on your team. This was not just a historic trade, it was a true piece of sports history that will live on in hockey legend and lore. The Oilers ignored their star moneymaker's wishes and shipped him to sunny California. Imagine. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do it. Well, you're going. Wild stuff. Gretzky insists that
1: he had nothing to do with the deal. Despite having married Janet Jones, a rising Hollywood actress at the time, just a month before the trade to Los Angeles, Gretzky claimed that he did not want to leave Edmonton. So that's the pussy that he was swimming in, Mike.
2: Yeah. yeah, Hollywood actresses. Drowning. Drowning. The Edmonton Oilers owner at the time, Peter Pocklington, what a fucking name, dude, told a different tale. He claimed that he often received trade offers for Gretzky, but was always rejected them, but always rejected them knowing full well who Gretzky was and what he meant to the franchise. Pocklington claimed that Gretzky approached him with the L.A. trade offer. Oh, let's see we got a he said and she said a bullshit going on right now.
0: Oh, boy. That's the way it is. Pocklington, assuming Gretzky's days in Edmonton were numbered due to the automatic free agency clause in every NHL player's contract, uh, he told Canada's CBC Television, quote, My first love is to the team. Not Wayne Gretzky, end quote, yeah, you tell him
1: that's bullshit. He was buying him chocolates and stuff,
0: so he was just <laughs> so he was thinking ahead, he was like, all right, well, you know this if he if he goes back into a contract, he's gonna be here for another four years, and that would bring him to thirty one years old. That's past prime for for most hockey players, so I guess maybe. If you're, if you're looking at it that way, but even so, like, why wouldn't you take a chance in that? Like, let's say even out of those four years, you get two more amazing years out of Gretzky. Like that's two amazing more years. And then the dude is just maybe a subpar player for the rest of his contract. He did bring you
2: four Stanley Cups in a row for Christ. Yeah,
0: said. and that that's what I'm saying. And the dude was nonstop. It's not like he hit twenty seven and you were like, oh man, he's really slowing down. Like it didn't happen. No, because
2: he went on and played for the Kings and and the the Rangers, right? So like he was didn't have stellar seasons, I don't believe, in the Rangers. Or did he win a Stanley Cup with them?
0: I think he did. <sighs>
2: With Mark Messier on the team? I believe he won a Stanley yeah. Cup. With that.
0: I don't know. Either Either way, why would you go and say, all right, well, he's just getting beyond his years. It's time to go. Yeah. I, doubt that it, I doubt that it had anything to do with that.
1: Pocklington claimed that some 20 minutes prior to the press conference announcing the deal, he pulled Gretzky aside, giving him a final opportunity to back out of it before it was too late. But Gretzky was absolutely determined to go to L.A. It wasn't backing down.
2: Back and forth. Here we go. You're sending me out. I'm going to Cali, dude. However, rumors were spread that Pocklington was strapped for cash at the time from other bad financial decisions. In fact, he would actually sell the Oilers in 1998. And in 2009, Peter Pocklington was arrested and charged for bankruptcy fraud. Hmm. He served 59 months of a 70-month prison sentence for bank fraud.
0: Oh boy. Yeah, so that. Yeah, I don't. I, now I definitely don't buy that Gretzky was asking to be moved. Gretzky's popularity led to the NHL adding franchises in Anaheim, San Jose, Phoenix, Florida, and North Carolina. At 48, he resigned as the coach of the Phoenix Coyotes, who are in bankruptcy court and seeking a new owner. Oh.
2: I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah.
0: It's okay. There's going to be a new team, new team introduced soon.
2: The Nordiques
0: isn't this supposed to be an Alabama team? Why? Like, oh, we're gonna put a, we're gonna put a team in Alabama, Birmingham. That's that's what I heard that they were gonna put a team in Alabama,
2: Birmingham Bible Thumpers. Like what the fuck,
0: dude? They're they're worried about fucking high school football. You think they care about professional hockey? Yeah, they don't give a shit about pro hockey.
1: Gretzky single handedly turned L.A. into a hockey town with the Forum selling out and celebrities clamoring for tickets even United States president Ronald Reagan attending games to see the famous number 99 he was the face like i said he was the
2: tony hawk remember wayne gretzky hockey
0: he was he was the face of hockey for a long time yeah. and you know what to 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 get to that point i think if you really look at it like yeah hockey was famous in the united states but with the introduction of Wayne Gretzky into the United States market, it definitely helped the sport in the U S
2: yeah. Like it didn't,
0: it didn't need the help in Canada, obviously, but with, with him moving to the Kings and him being in local markets, there was more attendance as they're saying, even in LA, you know, it popped up new teams as they said. So it's like, it did help the sport more than it harmed it. All right. Moving on. Let's talk the NBA. Let's dribble over here and talk about Commissioner Stern. Let's ask Commissioner Stern if he rigged the 1985 NBA draft lottery to give Patrick Ewing the top pick. Mmm. Mmm. He makes uh, sneakers now. You ever seen those Ewings? Some of them are pretty nice. In 1985, Georgetown center Patrick Ewing was a can't-miss NBA prospect. Ewing lived up to his advanced billing, and while he never won an NBA championship, he was the centerpiece of 13 playoff teams for the New York Knicks. He also became an 11-time NBA All-Star and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame.
2: Wasn't he in Space Jam, too? Thought he was in Space Jam, along with Michael Jordan. Wasn't Muggsy Bogues in Space Jam? The little one?
1: (laughs) Yeah, he played the little alien.
0: I had never seen no Space Jam. Bill really? Muggsy. Muggsy. Space Bogues. Jam. What? The first Space Jam with Mike with MJ, Michael yeah. Jordan, the Goat. Bill Murray was also in it. Yes, he
2: was. Yes, he oh was. My God,
0: what a movie! What a movie!
2: Mm. Doesn't hold up. Watched it not too long ago. Real goofy. Real goofy. I'll
0: tell you what does hold up. Uh, Bugs Bunny's girlfriend there.
1: How'd I know you were going to say that? That thick (laughs) fucking rabbit, dude. Thick, triple C. There's no reason
0: she should have been wearing those shorts.
1: Good God, got a dude sweating.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Knicks acquired the seven-footer via the first-ever NBA draft lottery. Ooh, first one. See? Already weird. And there actually is footage that shows several oddities. When putting the seven envelopes into the drum, the fourth envelope is noticeably thrown against the side, of the clear sphere, bending one corner of the envelope while the other six are simply dropped into the bottom of the
1: drum. Then Commissioner David Stern takes a deep breath and dives his hand into the drum, passing over several envelopes before drawing the New York Knicks. Stern's self-proclaimed favorite team. Along with the bent corner theory, many people believe the Knicks envelope was frozen prior to the drawing. Like physically frozen? Yeah, I to give it a little, a little dent. Give it a little feel. Yeah. A little dent in the corner. I got you. Why not just like mm. put Braille on
0: it? Pick this one. <laughs> uh, the NBA draft lottery has improved since the Ewing scandal. The ping pong ball lottery is held in a room without cameras, and the results are announced on television by opening the envelopes. Another interesting situation we are looking at is the question... Was Michael Jordan sick with the flu? Hmm. I mean, you know, champions get sick too.
2: If it was right now, it would have been COVID. I'm like, Does he have it? Does he? Did he take a dive for, the, for Pfizer? So Michael Jordan is obviously one of the most celebrated athletes in sports history. We just gloated about him a minute ago. And perhaps his greatest performance came on June 11th, 1997, when he battled back from a crippling case of the shits. An intestinal flu to lead the Chicago Bulls to Game 5 victory over the Utah Jazz in the NBA championship. Or at least that's what we've been told. Didn't didn't What's-His-Name pull something like that? Who who pulled it where they, like, left in a wheelchair and came back? It wasn't Kobe. That was LeBron, right? Or he's like, oh, God, I'm done for the game. And he comes back, and it's like, oh. And then is the star.
0: Dude's the biggest bitch in the NBA. You can't tell me different. All those... Die hard LeBron fans, oh, he's the goat. He's the goat. No, he's a bitch. Oh, tell him. Pop off, whiny little bitch. <laughs> he's like, he's he's my thirteen reasons as to why I don't watch the NBA.
2: Maybe the next so, blog post will be the rest of those thirteen reasons.
0: Overpaid, prima donnas, sneakers are too expensive. The floors are too shiny. Floors are too slippery. Floors are too sweaty. Really worried about those floors.
1: In 2013, Jordan's personal trainer, Tim Grover, said in an interview that Jordan didn't have the flu that night, but rather a case of food poisoning. He ate one of those nasty-ass hot dogs that they're serving for $13 in the stadiums. That just ruined him. The Bulls were staying at a hotel in Small Town Park City, Utah, where everyone would have known their location. It was late at night and Jordan got hungry. Smoking, smoking, drinking, partying. So they ordered a pizza. Five guys came to deliver this pizza.
0: They ordered so much of it, said Grover. Five guys. You mean one drug dealer and his posse. Yeah. He was up too late snorting cocaine.
1: There's a fucking surgeon. They had to take out his whole intestinal tract in the hotel room.
0: (laughs) Jordan's trainer was suspicious right away but the basketball legend couldn't pass up a few slices. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Grover received a frantic phone call in the middle of the night to come to Jordan's room. The champion was curled up in the fetal position, shaking with fever and sicker than he had ever been. So instead of cocaine, he probably got a little hit of that China white. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit, it's drawers.
2: damn! Yeah, that's bad. Now, Jordan was told by the team doctors that he would have to miss... Game five against the Jazz, but the Never Say Die, Space Jam, Hollywood actor, competitor, White Sox player, point guard, whatever the fuck he was, stumbled to the gym just hours before tip-off. Jordan, who was visibly weak, shitful drawers, (laughs) mustered the strength to score 38 points in the Bulls' 90-87 to point victory,
1: squeaked them right out,
2: squeaked it out by three points.
1: The Bulls went on to win the NBA championship in Game 6. More NBA tomfoolery. Did the NBA make sure the Lakers had an opportunity to beat the Kings in the 2002 Western Conference Finals? A little setup, a little tomfoolery.
0: Ooh. Tim Donahue was an NBA referee from 1994 to 2007. He officiated in 772 regular season games. That's a lot and 20 playoff contests. There are rumblings that he was fixing games, which caused Donahue to resign in July 2007. Concrete evidence presented by the FBI resulted in Donahue pleading guilty to federal charges and being sentenced to 15 months in federal prison. Ooh, setting up the games.
2: Yeah, that's a I real setup.
0: I wonder if he was betting on the games, too. Had a little money on Must the parlay. Must have been. Must have been.
2: That many games too. Being in, I mean, it's just, it was an extensive career, right? Twelve something, thirteen years or something in the in the league. So, who knows how long he was doing it for too? Now after being released, Donahue begins telling tales of NBA officiating. Oh, he's a whistleblower, gambling and controlling the outcome of games. His legal team even loosely filed allegations against the NBA in
1: a U.S. district court. Oh, so they rebutted, huh? Although he does not name team or referee names, it is clear that Donahue's attorney is referring to Game 6 of the 2002 NBA Western Conference Finals between the Sacramento Kings and the LA Lakers.
0: In May of 2002, referees A, F, and G were officiating a playoff series between teams 5 and 6. It was the sixth game of a seven-game series, and a Team 5 win that night would have effectively ended the series. So this is him this is him naming the teams and referees, but without naming the teams and referees.
2: Yeah. So he he tried to, you know, you had to know which referee was what. So he found out from referee A that referees A and F wanted to make the series seven games long. Tim knew referees A and F to be company men, acting always in the best interests of the NBA. They do sign their paychecks and it was in the best interest of the NBA to add another game to the series that night. Team 6 was heavily favored by referees A and F. So referees A and F made the NBA maybe another billion dollars just by, you know, forcing some... uh
1: Tomfoolery. Tomfoolery.
2: Uh-huh.
1: A quote goes on to say, Personal fouls, which resulted in clearly injured players, were ignored even when they occurred, in full view of the referees, end quote. In contrast, the officials called fabricated fouls. Their foul calling also led to the ejection of two Team 5 players. Quote, The referee's favoring of Team 6 led to that team's victory that night, and Team 6 came back from behind to win that series, end quote.
0: Yeah, there had to be big money involved in that.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah.
0: To make pockets. all those moves and, yeah, had had to. Not only betting, but also, you know, getting paid off to do these things. Ooh, about to get into baseball, baby. Hey. America's pastime. Let's travel back to the 1919 World Series. Way back. For the Chicago Black Sox scandal, if you don't know, say it ain't so, Joe. Speaking of betting.
2: Eight members of the Chicago White Sox, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Eddie Ciccati, Claude Lefty Williams, Buck Weaver, and Arnold Chick Gandil, Fred McMullen, Charles Swade Risberg, and Oscar Happy Felsch. Were banned from baseball for conspiring with gamblers and gangsters, most notably New York's Arnold Rothstein, to throw the 1919 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. Dirty bastards all the way in the 1919s, man.
0: Did you guys catch that last name? Did you guys got? you guys catch that? Rothstein. Last name? The last name there. Yeah. Did you guys catch that?
2: It's a good mashup name. Hmm. Big
0: nose, big nose. Whoa! Hey. They're lurking in the shadows trying to get your baby's blood. Put it in their matzo. You know, I was just thinking they don't give players nicknames anymore. Like, they need to give more players, especially in baseball.
2: Players used to be like fighter pilots
0: back in the day.
2: They used to have call signs.
0: Yeah. Uh, lefty, Shoeless Joe, Chick. I mean,
2: Shoeless got, Joe.
0: Yeah, he had no shoes. He was very poor. Um time he hit we... the
2: ball, his shoes would fly off.
0: <laughs> I don't, they just got to get back into that. That's a tradition that never should have went away. Well,
1: it's because everything's offensive now. You give somebody a nickname and you know, a bunch of people are going to find something wrong with it. The strategy worked. As the heavily favored White Sox, one of the era's most visible teams, and arguably one of the most talented squads of all time, were finally defeated by the Reds in the best-of-nine series, 5-3.
2: Damn, best-of-nine. They should just do that again, dude.
0: Surprisingly, Shoeless Joe hit the only home run of the 1919 World Series and led all batters with a 375 average, or 12 for 32, 6 RBIs, and 5 runs scored. However, Jackson's involvement in the scandal ended his career at the age of 32, despite a 356 career average and three top 5 finishes in AL MVP voting he could have been the next big thing and if you've ever seen the kevin costner film uh field of dreams the the team that shows up in the field of dreams is the uh these these same gentlemen
2: but dead but dead ghostly ghostly In the aftermath of the so-called Black Sox scandal, Kenneshaw Mountain Landis was named the first commissioner of baseball in 1920. They had to have somebody lead it because it was just a bunch of heathens gambling each other without any league commissioner. There's no president to the fucking anything. They're just like, oh, well, we'll we'll do it. Me and Shoeless and Happy over here. (laughs) All right, hushlings. Finally, One of the most famous sports conspiracies of rigged sports was Ali knockout on Sonny Liston. Was it rigged? Was there a fake punch? Was it a WWE slap
1: across the chest? You be the judge. The famous
0: get up and fight
1: sucker. Muhammad Ali stood over Sonny Liston shouting at him to get up while ringside photographer Neil Liefer captured the iconic moment in what many have called the greatest sports photography in history. It is iconic.
0: Yeah, I've seen many tattoos of that uh, that photo on people. I like the the ones that people paid like $120 for.
1: Yeah, yeah. That looks Those like somebody best. sneezed aggressively the whole time while they were doing it. <laughs> or like they oh, had that's drunk Muhammad Ali on. right
0: there. I see, I see the likeness.
1: It's like <laughs> they got that picture list. up in my barbershop. <laughs> what kind it's on of barbershop are you going to? Uh... The the one in Southington near Walmart. Uh, You're still going there? Barbershop Originals. The Originals.
0: The fight was originally scheduled for November 16th of 1964 at the Boston Garden, but the fight was postponed after a pre-fight injury suffered by Ali. The city of Boston rejected the fight due to rumors of organized crime connections to the fight promotion. Of course. Like, was there any question of that? Then... Amid ongoing talk of a fixed fight, the city of Cleveland denied the fight as well. You know, I don't understand. You honestly think that there... I would say of all the sports, boxing or fighting in general, UFC, whatever it may be, is probably one of the most fixed sports to exist. That's just my opinion. Boxing, for sure, probably has a lot of that.
1: Especially the really big fights. I feel like on the lower levels, not as much.
0: Yeah, the big ones. The yeah. big ones, for sure. Like, you're, you're really telling me that Jake Paul is out here just beating people up like that? that uh,
1: allegedly, he's actually nasty. I don't, know I don't care what anybody any said. I don't know to soft. that.
0: He's been fighting retired boxers and retired, right. and, and sure. retired MMA sure. fighters. Like, he's he's never fought a single real. And and the, he gets into a match with somebody that's a real boxer, and they they like beat up on him the whole match. But then he wins by technicality. I don't know.
1: Whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: I think Sugar Sean O'Malley said he would beat his ass. Quite Please a bit do. smaller than him too.
0: Please do. I'm
2: okay. <clears throat> well. Finally, on May 25th, 1965, the heavyweight championship took place at St. Dominic's Hall in Lewiston, Maine, of all places, with the former heavyweight champ, Jersey Joe Walcott, officiating. The fight, however, did not
1: last very long. Fucking Liston got two-pieced. Liston was officially knocked out in the first round, amid rumors that he owed money to the mafia and or had been threatened by the Nation of Islam. (laughs) Ali was reportedly overheard asking his corner crew a crucial question about the so-called Phantom Punch. Oli leaned over and said, did I hit him? He wasn't even sure. A, a, a fighter of that
2: caliber would know if they punch somebody.
0: Yeah, you definitely know if you hit somebody. Even a, even not a fighter of that caliber, like you know whether you hit somebody or not.
2: You would think so. Yeah, there's – there's. I think there's – I mean, this is just a small list of all the stuff, I and mean, we could talk about the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox. We could talk about more recent uh, things that have happened, like Frank said, the air in the ball between the Patriots and the Giants. Uh, yeah. You know,
0: F1. Yeah, 2017 Cricket Championship, uh, Foosball National of Utah. Um, right. I mean that just that just goes without saying. I think that's one of the big the big sports scandals uh, to exist out there.
1: Have um, you guys heard about the badminton rackets? Yeah, yeah, they're in, in in the professional badminton leagues.
0: Yeah, the netting is all weird and yeah. extra tensile strength, tensile strength, and all that. Yeah, it's wild. Right, so the one fifteen
1: rubbed into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, people have shit on their handle <laughs> for extra grip.
0: <laughs> Does that provide extra grip?
1: Oh, yeah, if you eat enough peanuts.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, real heavy grit, yeah.
0: All right, Hushlings, let's get into our final thoughts. There was no Reddit section uh, for this. Not many Reddit people into sports, as you can imagine. <laughs> Edgelords. All right, Declassified Dave, what do you got for your final thoughts on these wonderful sports conspiracies?
2: I think they all could be... More of a fixings than conspiracies. I think a lot of them, you know, like Muhammad Ali's punch and uh, the Patrick Ewing. And we can't go really go back and tell in 1919 for the Major League Baseball. But we've seen it happen in, in, in recent times where cheating happens and teams conspire to cheat. Uh, to to get the edge on another team in in all all leagues, uh, you know we've seen poor officiating in the NHL recently. Who knows if that's fixed or they just have a bunch of fucking morons being uh, referees? You see it in the NFL all the time, like you said, Mike. You still see it in fighting. Formula One is now lots of rumblings of cheating here and there, and cheating here. So I, I think I don't think it's very far fetched to think that all of these had some type of conspiratorial benefit for a certain party or another.
0: Yeah, I would agree that uh, all of these are pretty much viable theories or, uh, you know, thoughts. Uh, Boxing in itself, like I said, boxing and fighting, I think in general, are um, very scripted. I think there is tons of money to be uh, switched off during those fights. Uh, A lot of money moved, so... That I have no doubt of. Uh, the Wayne Gretzky thing I think is very interesting. I think that's pretty wild, and it's again viable. You know, bringing him to the American market really upped the sport and made them a lot more money. Revenue was was bigger, uh, so makes sense to me. As far as referees fixing things, yeah, of course. Referees, players, they all want a little bit of money. They're of course they're going to go and do some stupid stuff thinking that they're not going to get caught. So, uh, yeah, in general, especially when it comes to betting, especially when it comes to, as we mentioned, the mafia, I think sports is, uh, is rich with these, uh, these scripted moves and scripted stories, uh, just like the WWE. Hey, no, it's real. What are you talking about? All right. Slick Frog Sanders. What are your final thoughts? From-
1: Final thoughts for me is that all of these large sports organizations, the NFL, the NHL, uh, the soccer one, what is that? You know, whatever, uh, MLB. They're they're all corporations. Once once money came into serious play with advertising and the the video games and the contracts, these millions and billions of dollars. I just feel like for the most part, sportsmanship just goes out the window. And you start to see this huge influx of uh, tomfoolery, like we said earlier. And it, you see it all the way back to the, the third Super Bowl. There's clamoring of foul play. And it's been persistent ever since. And it'll probably always be that way. But cheating, cheating has always been a thing in sports. And um, I think it always will be. It always will be. Honorable mention, uh, we did not hit it in the NBA section but I did want to say that the rapper Lil B, a.k.a. Bass God, uh, publicly hexed uh, James Harden, uh, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, uh, for stealing his famous cooking dance. Like, if you've ever seen somebody do, like, the little whip it with, with their wrists and their other hands, like, held up to the side, Bass God, like, invented that. And... The, these basketball stars, which he's like a huge basketball fan, were doing it and not giving him credit. So uh, apparently he put a hex on like a couple of different players as well as whole entire teams. And the league took it super seriously. They even interviewed him on ESPN and he went on there and he's like, this is why these people are hexed. This is why they're not winning. Yeah, it, it's just a cool little tidbit that did not make it into the show, but now it's in the show. There you go. The uh, sports are
0: rigged. Sports are rigged. All right, Hushlings, that is going to do it for the sports conspiracies. What did you think? Was there anything that we missed? Obviously, there were some things that we couldn't get into in this episode. But reach out, tell us some of your uh, favorite sports conspiracies. Let us know what you think. Uh, as always, our email contact at hushsociety.com.
2: And Hushlings, stick around for news of rumblings of what's going to happen next for us when season 10 will come if we might have time possible declassified discussions who knows some things might happen here and there patrons we will contact you via patreon about the future of that we haven't really talked it out yet but we will get to you guys as soon as possible and um thank you guys this has been a an awesome three and a half years, and I would say this is not goodbye. And we'll see you guys in a little bit while we get our shit together. And uh, we love you. I'm declassified, Dave. I'm Mister Mike,
0: and I'm that dad Until our next debriefing, remember the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.